heading to Rorotonga, then you need to get the unofficial official guide to Roro, and it's completely free. The helpful eight-page PDF gets you completely ready for your holiday to Rorotonga. Inside the guide, you'll find information on transportation, Wi-Fi, customs, SIM, eSIM information on the cards, scooter rentals, and so much more. To get your free guide to Rorotonga, head to roropass.com slash guide. That's roropass, R-A-R-O-P-A-S-S dot com slash guide. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Kiorana podcast, a show about what you will find and will not find in the Cook Islands. Our guest today is Rash Neil Kumar. He works at our newspaper and he's our editor there. I first met Rash Neil in 2020 was it rational when you interviewed me for the podcast i think it was probably yeah 2019 because we started the podcast in 2020 may yeah yeah and then i went to the newspaper and at the time jonathan milne was the editor and you are now and then jonathan milne sent you to me and you interviewed me and you had hayden adams on the camera right in america and you were asking, you broke the story about the Kiorana podcast in the Cook Islands. Yeah, it was, I think it was a privilege for me to do it. Something that probably uh, was kind of like we were doing more of what people are going to do after the pandemic. And you were probably one of those pioneers that came up with something different, you know, to still keep the business connected. So I, I guess it was uh, something that we were so interested in doing. And fortunately, you came to us, and I was so fortunate that Jonathan assigned me that story, and here we are. Mm. And, I mean, you sat with Hayden and I. When I say Hayden and I, he was virtually with us. Virtually with us, (laughs) And you asked us our questions, and then you wrote up the release story for the Kiorana podcast. And back then, we didn't have a podcast channel coming out of the Cooks, which is what you found so awesome. Yeah, interesting. Mm. And you personally listened to podcasts yourself, but you didn't know a lot of people in the Cook Islands at the time who right. did. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because uh, when I came back to the newsroom and uh, sort of started discussing that, I said, hey, this is an interesting product from someone who totally relied on visitors, obviously, for uh, for business uh, to venture into. And it's, it's a space that actually is going to increasingly become quite famous or quite, you know, well-known platform, especially in pandemic times, you know, where people will stay home. And this would be probably a way of, you know, getting connected to the other places they can't visit due to, due to COVID. So, uh, and then the others in the newsroom was like, yeah, it's a cool thing, you know, like we still listen to it. It's kind of like radio, but in online, and that's how I see it. And when radio become at a point where radio became boring and people were watching YouTube and, you know, Facebook videos and stuff, podcasts came into the space with a more a dynamic way of uh, actually uh, delivering information mm-hmm. and a way of transmitting information. And I thought that was a great idea. And it was actually, to be honest, uh, quite... Uh, uh, inspiring uh, 
uh, at the time and it's a concept for you know uh, for you to come into this space and with, with the help of Aiden mm. obviously you managed to pull through so uh, I, th- I think I'm pretty sure you it has been maybe a really exciting journey for you too in the past two and a half years yeah well. and you know when I came back to you recently and asked you um, if we could do a follow-up yes. story and then because now you're the editor because then you weren't the editor yeah. at Cook Islands News and at that, that time I wasn't that stressed. <laughs> I'm more stressed. Yeah. Tell me about your stress. <laughs> tell me about your stress. Tell me. Guess, tell me. Yeah. But, uh, look, it's um. I guess it's not an easy job. You know, I, at a at a point when I got that get a position when uh, Jonathan was uh, about to leave, he's now the managing editor of Newsroom, uh, Newsroom which is Newsroom, one of the one of the leading websites. So he got a great job there big responsibility and uh, he sort of of course with the support from my publishers uh, John and Liz uh, and Lawrence who is a local partner here uh, supported me and said hey you know one thing we have faith in you and think that we can you can do the job so uh, it was a humble beginning for me for someone who uh, has been in the country for what, five years and my journalism career hasn't been even 10 years when I took over that job took over the role wasn't quite a daunting task to be honest but i had a great team around me you know and i think every day is a challenge for me uh, in this space and uh, it's something that i wake up every day in the morning and i'm happy about it and mm. i'm willing to take it you know uh, and um, i think it's it only you you're only as successful as your team you know if your team is able to deliver uh, all you do is lead and you know, guide them you know and you get a product that you are happy with it. Mm. And I hope our readers are happy with the product they get. You know, we are doing our job as uh, being the, the the watchdog of the of the public, and also delivering you know news that matters to people. And you know that um, the Cook Islands news saying as solid as the islands we stand for. Yeah. I mean that's that's been their motto. Since, yeah, for yeah, a while. yeah. Yeah, that's been their motto. As solid as the islands we stand for. And that would be a big responsibility to be in charge of the print that represents 15 islands, yeah. you know, 15 dialects right. across water, um, and you have an online system as well. Exactly. Which the you guys spent a lot of time and energy and the owners and built the online system yes. and the being able to pay online for CI News. Yeah, so it's a it's a daunting task. It's challenging stuff being the only newspaper mm. uh, of eh? And I think we we're a daily newspaper. We operate from Monday to Saturday. Yeah, the only daily newspaper. newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot of responsibility on us uh, because uh, there is a large majority of people that wake up in the morning uh, or go and buy the paper and and, and trust us. To deliver news that is authentic, that is fair, and and news that would help them shape their decisions, so whether it be about government or whether it be about policies or whatever it is. So they it is huge, huge responsibility on, I guess, the whole team, and I think the reporters understand that. The good thing about a place like Bukalans is um, it's a uh, or Rarotonga for the matter where we actually based. Uh, Newspaper, this place is not like other bigger places. This is more like a community. So we see ourselves not as a national newspaper, we see ourselves more as a community newspaper. And the drive has always been talking about people, 
it's a, it has always been about people's story. It has always about being about culture. It has always about being a decision or policy that would affect people. And that is our drive every day. We want to be a community-focused newspaper. We, uh, many times we achieve that. And there are times we are not able to. And, you know, there is always challenges on the way. But that, that's our goal eventually. And also coming back to online, I think just before the pandemic, when Jonathan uh, was editor of a newspaper, together with John and Liz, the publishers, were based in Gisborne, New Zealand, they undertook a major uh, project, which was revamping our website, trying to make it more sort of on uh, fresh and you know give it a look, which is user friendly. Mm -hmm. you know? And the drive was to obviously get into uh, more digital because that's where the world is moving now. Mm -hmm. uh, so we took that undertaking uh, uh, with quite a substantial amount of investment pre-COVID uh, pre and then COVID hit. So, uh, and then we kept because of all fairness and we're trying to make sure that, you know, they, all, everybody's suffering and we don't want it, uh, to put the burden on our readers. We kept that channel open and free for quite a long time, I think about a year or two. Uh, before we started, you know, putting uh, a small subscription of, I think, $11 a month and uh, $130 a year. Uh, it's it's a it's it's an energy and it's a lot of energy we put on online because we feel that, you know, if you look at the Kukana's diaspora, that is about 80,000 in, in, in New Zealand, we've got about 20,000 in Australia. Uh, it's a big market out there and there's a lot of people who are concerned want to know about uh, you know what is happening to their country what is happening to their, their families and friends so we we are driving a lot and we we well, there's a subscription base where we charge a certain fee or otherwise there are some stories that are free most of them are free there are certain stories that you have to pay a certain fee you know to access because of the resources we use you know uh, and the energy we put there needs to be some sort of uh, uh, money to be compensated and used, so at least we can do it better. And that's the whole aim, you know. If we end something back from there, what we can do is improve, which means putting maybe more videos, putting more pictures, and you know, getting more feature stories out on the on the on the platform for everybody else to enjoy. So yeah, energy uh, energy and focus has been on uh, digital uh, platform, which is our online and our Facebook. Uh, um, Let everyone know those um, Facebook names and uh, so, um, and your website for the yeah. CIS. So for Kukales, for the website is www.kukalesnews, islands with the s, news with the s dot com, and we have a Twitter page, we've got an Instagram page, Kukales uh, News, and also Facebook page, which has over forty thousand followers. So it does have a lot of uh, footprint in terms of uh, uh, the reach out there. Uh, so the driving has always been to make it better, and I think we we continue working on that. <laughs> I think this is good that you're the person being interviewed today, Rash Neil. I know you know because you're usually doing the interviewing. I I think I love talking. <laughs> yeah. I think it's wonderful to uh, for change to mm. be uh, being interviewed, and mm -hmm. I uh, it's been uh, it's I've been fortunate to actually have it couple of interviews uh, for international agencies like uh, RNZ or uh, uh, TVNZ and mm -hmm. stuff uh, during the pandemic and stuff. Uh, it's a different feel. It's, mm. it's quite nervous, actually. Now, yeah. I, now I feel when I put people on spot, actually, mm. when I interview them and how they would feel. So I have that feeling. So I apologize for everybody else if I've done that. You're doing amazing. <laughs> it's uh, I, I was uh, it was just part of my job. You're doing amazing, <laughs> which is why yesterday I emailed you and I said to you, we're just going to free flow. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's uh, most of my interviews, uh, even uh, 
for work has been like that. Uh, being structured sometimes really boxes you away. Oh, yeah, it sways you away from, especially when I do features like like the feature I did about your Corona mm. podcast. It was just off the cuff. Like mm-hmm. I just didn't want to know all the th- all the things about really your uh, new uh, project, but I really wanted to know about you. And and then from there we were able to switch to okay what now and you know so once you know about a person mm. and about their life or their story and then switching to what they're doing it mm. makes it easier they, there's a connection that you can easily feel and it's easy for for us to write and I think for readers it's easy to connect when we mm. put the human into the mm. story yeah I love that yeah, humanize human uh, it's, it's humanize the stories and I think uh, stories these days and we see that on our actually on Facebook so when we put a story about Kugalanders are achieving uh, you know, high somewhere, you know, doing well, or put a story with, with a human angle where you know people are being celebrated. You know, it has a lot of it has like 50,000 reach, it has like uh, hundreds of shares, it has hundreds of likes and hundreds of comments. So, you know, we know as Kugalanders, there are a lot of Kugalanders, uh, yeah. people who actually love those kind of stories. And I think that is our focus, trying to tell story in the most human way possible where people can feel the connection and, and and i think we are able to pass the message that the whole story has through that so mm-hmm. it's it's not easy sometimes it's um, especially when it's hard to get people to open up to you and 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 fair enough nobody would be willing to open up to you in first meeting so i think there's that that the connection that a reporter has to build with the person within that split seconds or within that short time of meeting. Uh, apart from that, of course, we have like hard hitting stories, like, you know, we have crimes and we have politics and we have economics, tourism, and business and other stuff, which has a different way of writing, mm. which has a different appeal, I guess. Mm. How big is your team at Cook Islands News? Yeah, so uh, we have uh, a team of, at the moment, so we've got three reporters, uh, uh, working on daily producing news uh, and it's me and I got an online editor uh, who looks after online platforms, looks after subscription issues and also uh, looks after social media platforms and every now and then also jumps in and helps in, in writing stories. So in total, including me, we have five uh, and then we have three people in production who do layout uh, and designing the papers and then we have two people in the print who does the print job, they come in the afternoon. We've got proofreaders who do part-time jobs, who come in the evening to proof the, just look through the finished copy, just to see if there's any grammatical error or spelling errors, basically. And then we have front of the staff of accounts and managers and advertising team. So mm. in total, I think there's 20 staff. Right? It's, it's quite a, mm. quite a major, quite a yeah, substantial amount of people. You always feel very welcome when you come there, Ashley, just uh, from letting you know some feedback from me, like when you walk in to the front, uh, to reception, and you say, um, could you please ask, say, Melina, if I can have five minutes? This is me. Or could you please ask Rashnil if I can have five minutes? And because we are that community, yes. you, who, you always come out. You know, we never get this, hey, I'm really busy. You always come out because, um, yeah, I mean, most places you have to make that appointment, which is totally understandable in bigger, bigger places. Um, But 
because I might come in like once a year, like I did the other day, and just say, can you please ask for know, I know it's this time. I know he'll be like, got his head into getting the paper. And he came out, and I said, thank you so much. I just want to show you this, please. I've, you know, released this new website, please. Um, it's just that because you broke the story. You're just very, you're all approachable. Is I, what I mean. You're all approachable yeah, there. Yeah, thanks for that. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's a compliment. And I think the first thing about being reporters or journalists is, you know, working in a newspaper, you have to have that sort of uh, uh, character that, you know, people can approach uh, to you without any hesitation. And you are able to easily, like, you have to have to make time for people, you know, like, I mean, we, we are busy too. We've got a job to do. We've got on, debt, uh, uh, on, on timelines, deadlines and stuff. But other people are also on deadlines, you know, and uh, we have to respect if somebody has made an effort to come all the way to the newsroom uh, or made an effort to give you a call. It's uh, We have to accept the call and we have to be courteous and we have to uh, show that we respect you. And, and actually, we genuinely do. Mm. You know, it's just not like something that we just do it because it's our job. We mm. actually genuinely mean that. And I think uh, because we, in a way, we look ourselves as woeful people, woeful public, you know, um, we do this because we we don't want to know about this thing. We don't want to personally know about this thing. We want want to do it because we want people to know about it. Mm. And that is our reason. And I think something that most people probably don't understand in terms of why we are doing this, um, you know, article. And sometimes when I remember recently, and I wouldn't say names, but uh, I guess uh, during election time, you know, there are certain uh, uh, organization uh, that you know we kept from calling for you know updates and stuff and they were like oh why you people are always after this and that you know always like can't you just wait and stuff and this and this and I said look man like our job is to get the information out to the public you know and because next day a person picks a paper up and they don't see what they expect to see we have failed in our job mm. you know and and in a newspaper business we are day behind. Mm. We're not like television that happens on the same day. We're not like radio that happens on the same hour or online that happens in the same second or minute. We are there behind. So we have to be in front in terms of our news coverage. That's why when news is about being new and fresh. So we have to be in front to remain fresh and new. Mm-hmm. And news. Um, so I guess the hallmark of our job is to uh, be approachable and uh, we uh, and we enjoy it being who we are. But I, I think it also has disadvantages too, right? You know, uh, because of the small community, when you know people so well, it's not easy to do stories. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, stories where a person is being prosecuted, you know, and you know that person and a person in, in politics, uh, there's a story against him or her or, or many other issues, mm-hmm. where, you know, where there's a story that would be, not in favor of mm. person, but you know the person very well. Yeah, so we have to yeah, put that aside. You drive past them. Eh? Yeah, you, you're going to look at them every day. Yeah. I mean, I get some angry looks all the every now and then, but the good thing about uh, the people I know and the people I'm friends with, who actually I have sometimes and many times written against in a way mm. that would feel like the story is against them, they're very understandable. They know that it's my job. Mm. And uh, and I have to be fair on them too. So I give them a chance to respond to it. You know, like so it's just not I run the story without, or maybe the reporters run the story without without approaching them. We also give them opportunities for, for them to have a say. So the story is balanced. So everybody has a say. And we let people decide who they think mm. should, they should take. We shouldn't do the job for people. We shouldn't become the jury or you know the judge and 
make a decision or say that okay, I think this person is wrong in the situation. You know, there is a story like that. We do. We put the facts out there. We put it in a way, a structured way, and we let people decide for themselves whether okay, this policy is correct or this person is right or the person is wrong. You know. So um, I have been fortunate, and I think as most of our reporters have been fortunate to have very understanding people who actually work at quite high places who understand our job, and uh, they don't take it too hard what we do. Uh, obviously, and I think they improve. They improve, like if Definitely. they feel that, that you know there is something lacking at them, and we have highlighted it through mm-hmm. somebody else. Definitely. Yeah, so they work on it, and I think, and that's the beauty about Bukalanders. It's not many people would actually uh, be nice, and I think that's the reason why I've stayed here seven years. It's, it's been a seven long time. years. Yeah. How did you end up here, Rashnio? It's it's, it's it's a very interesting story <laughs> itself. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I first came here in two thousand and nine. So Bukalans uh, hosted the best in mini games. I think it was the first. I'm not too sure. But it was uh, in 2009, and uh, John Woods, who was that time the managing editor, publisher and editor of the newspaper, he uh, requested the University of the South Pacific Suva, the main campus, to ask or send one of uh, a reporter or like a young you know person who's studying journalism, who does sports and would like to come for an attachment. So my lecturer, uh, Dr. Shalindra Singh, actually I should mention him. He uh, very uh, nicely and so thankful for him for actually um, sending me over. Uh, that was my first trip out of the country, 2009, you know, and I came here and I think there was this connection straight away. I just like, man, this is a beautiful place, you know, especially motorbikes. I, we don't see motorbikes back home, like in Fiji, something like that. Uh, it was amazing, you know, riding on a bike, you know, and you know, just going to places and covering things and just having that vibe, that island-friendly vibe. And um, I stayed here for a week and a half, I think, and I went back, uh, continued my studies, and I finished my uni, and, uh, and then I joined Fiji Times, which is one of the largest newspapers in the Pacific, uh, and worked there for five years as a sports journalist. And then in 2015, out of nowhere, John would send me a message and say, hey, you know, we, we are keen to actually get you over, are you keen to come and work for us? And uh, that's where it all started from. And I said, yeah, well, you know, I think I'll give it a try. And uh, actually, initially, I used it as a way to actually get more money out of the company from Fiji Times. When I used to work, so I was like, hey, I need a bit of an increment, you know. I mean, I got this offer and, I'm, and I thought they were thinking that I was just kidding, maybe. Or they knew that I had a connection to Palace News. And uh, they were like, hey, you know, you stay here. We're going to give you a couple of overseas trips and all. I said, yeah, but I need more money. Mm. So, yeah, so I just, uh, I took the challenge. It was a huge undertaking, you know, coming out of alone, especially coming out of uh, Fiji uh, into a sort of like a new place, mm. so to speak, and, you know, staying on your own, you know, mm-hmm. ironing your own clothes in the morning, cooking your own food, you know, yeah. in, 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 and no family. no family. No family. I, I, didn't, I didn't know anyone apart from yeah. like the people in the office. And, uh, and just within a week, two, and within one year, I think I probably knew most of our know, <laughs> people knew me anyway. Like, you know, I did some, yeah, some very controversial stories, I guess, um, uh, fair stories, but people see it as controversial. But and I guess, look, uh, I came here to do a job uh, and uh, I didn't know people that well. I think that helped me to actually start off like And have that sort of distance of yeah. this is just a job. It's I'm just, just a job. You just know, and personally, I'm not like that. I'm a very nice person mm-hmm. and you can watch for it. I'm pretty sure. Yes, and, yes, I but can. I just, look, I, it's, it's part of the job and I think we uh, we have to be faithful to our job. And if we are not, then we probably shouldn't be doing what we do.
and uh, and that's what I keep telling everybody in the office, and I think everybody lives by that by the the policy, you know. And uh, and uh, since yeah, 2015, I've been here. And, um, it's been a challenge. I started as a junior reporter, as a was called I think general reporter, which was like a junior role. In 2015, I started off from there and uh, slowly climbed my way up to uh, where I am now. It's been quite a journey. Yeah, and I'm I'm. So grateful. And how long have you been editor now of Cook Islands News? I would be uh, a year. Um, it's over a year, so uh, it's coming. It's approaching two years. So I, th- uh, I think end of this month is two years. So yeah, uh, congratulations. It's, two years. it's been uh, two years. Been long. It went so fast, to be honest. I, <laughs> it seems like it was yesterday when I took the draw because I haven't really had a time to. Relax after that. <laughs> <laughs> hit the ground busy. running is what yeah, you're saying, right? Hit the ground running, and I'm still running. You know, mm. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to get a break, maybe here now and then. But look, everyone well, else. You were is... talking before, Ish, you know, just yeah. when you came in, and we didn't have the microphone on. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiji's invited you for something. Oh no! So we um, we do get trips every now and then yeah. uh, to go and attend uh, conferences and and events. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one coming up in Fiji, and they couple others coming up so the issue with i think uh, we get a lot of advice like that which is great for development of development of journalists mm-hmm. and it's also good for someone locally would want to become a journalist uh, uh, for them to know that there is a lot of changes in this mm. field you know there's a lot of opportunities you know you can travel a lot of places you know uh, uh, you, you can actually uh, go and build a lot of connections that can help you in different areas so uh, it, it does, it comes with, they call it the pecs of the job, you know? The, like the pecs? The pecs. Pecs. Yeah, the job, yeah. So it, it P- P-E-X or P-E-C-K? <laughs> like your pecs. Apex, <laughs> <laughs> like pecs? <laughs> or pecs. Pecs of the job. Pecs. P-R-K-S. <laughs> P-R-K-S. Yes, yeah. perks of the job. Perks Got it. Job, yeah. And um, it's it's um I think it's part of part and parcel of that. So there's a, obviously you need a bit of patience, you need uh, you need to have a lot of uh, passion for this. Uh so yeah, so the Fiji one is supposed to be uh, next week, it's a climate mm-hmm. change. Uh, climate change. The, and then I'm still waiting for uh, arrangements. And I think uh, with with COVID and all those things, uh, it has made travel difficult. So it's not easy to sort mm. of like, you know, especially going out of Raro because our only way out is to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So it makes it even harder mm. for us. Uh, and uh, and now with the borders open and travel sort of resuming and getting back to normal. So there are a lot of other opportunities like that. Mm. As you see, like Fiji's just, no, not Fiji, uh, Tahiti's just opened up. Tahiti's opened up. Actually, I was in the flight, uh, the first flight. Mm, uh, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, was I, that I, another I, perk? <laughs> no, I think it was just job. It was, it was, it was purely job, actually. <laughs> yeah, you so you're just saying you're on that first flight recently to, 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 to uh, Tahiti, Tahiti to and come, come back. Come back it was only like what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, that was two, two weeks ago, mm. just over a week. The so. prime minister was on that one, wasn't he? Uh, prime minister was on that one, and there was a uh, quite a uh, high delegation that went. That Tepeiro Heaven, the Secretary of Foreign Affairs, she was there. And we also had uh, even Smith from Eraro, and we had Anand, who was the uh, chief financial officer from Eraro, and also Kala, you go to the So they held uh, several meetings. Uh, it was just uh, we arrived there on, on Saturday. We left here on Saturday. There was a uh, quite a ceremony happened here before leaving at Rarotonga. You know, uh, there was a function at uh, the VIP lounge, and then we boarded the plane. 
wonderful ride, two and a half, uh, two and a half, two about three hours ride, and um, uh, and then we reached there. We were welcomed by the president of Tahiti, and there was a delegation here, so we had some performances there, and then we went. They went to Milton, the the delegation, the government delegation, where they had meetings and stuff with with the president of uh, Tahiti, uh, French Polynesia, sorry, and. Um, and then yeah, we stayed one night. Uh, we did. I did take a bit of time to explore uh, Tahiti, Papete, because uh, otherwise it would be a waste for me to go there uh, and enjoy. It. It's a nice vibe there. You know, things are expensive. And uh, we flew back the next day, mm. so it was maybe a twenty-four hours trip. So one thing about it is, I can actually go around and say, somebody asks me where was the shortest time you spent. Uh, you know, in a visit, I would say, hey, I did 24 hours. Yeah, mm, that's, uh, 24 hours in TV. Yeah, 24 hours. I mean, amazing time. And I did an article uh, in Saturday's paper where I explained basically uh, the reasons behind the, the, the flight. The Can you tell us, please? Yeah, so the, I think the headline was uh, Correcting People, Places and Possibilities. Uh, so it was more about explaining why this route is important. So uh, I guess most of the people would be aware, especially I think your listeners from uh, the North America and European markets that our LA tag flight has uh, you know, stopped, it's not operating anymore, and it's, it's not, it has pulled the plug on that. And we not we don't know when it will start. You know, th- that flight was subsidized by government, and uh, it used to bring the, the um, uh, high-spending and long-staying uh, European and North American you know, tourists. So that has virtually stopped. You know, coming through New Zealand is not easy. It's actually expensive. But then there is a route to Tahiti. What Tahiti does is uh, they have uh, several airlines that provides the connection from uh, from LA and Seattle and from other places in, uh, and from Paris uh, that can bring the, mm. the, the European and North American mm. markets. And, uh, and it's, it's a huge possibility for us. The issue with Tahiti is they are full capacity at the moment. And it's not for cheap uh, people who don't want to spend a lot of money. Like, for example, there's about 80% of the tourists that come to uh, French Polynesia, the country, they go to Bora Bora. And Bora Bora, you won't find a place below maybe $1,000 or something, but mm-hmm. it's very expensive. So people who come there, they are high-end tourists. Mm-hmm. All of them, majority mm-hmm. of them are high-end tourists. And they are willing to pay premium prices on the airlines travel 40 50 percent of that that pays the whole flight basically so they pay about three to five grand to ten airfares so the others that are, they come there because there is a capacity for it they can come to uh to uh, tahiti and they can catch a connecting flight for almost same price that they would pay to go to bora bora but then spend less when they hear another talk mm-hmm. so you know there's a market out there I guess the onus is on Kugan's tourism and uh, the relevant agencies to promote it like that. And uh, I guess bring back the loyal, you know, North American and uh, European uh, tourists that would love to come back. And who have been, I see them uh, complaining about it every day on our stories we do about airlines on Facebook. You know, I mean, this is an opportunity. I guess uh, post pandemic, uh, everything has gone up, you know, airlines uh, due to, of course, reasons, you know, with the war in Ukraine and stuff. Yeah, uh, fuel prices and everything's gone up, so it has obviously affected the prices of the airline. But people have to understand, and tourists have to understand that travel is not easy. It has become a luxury now, so you have to spend a little bit more to come to your favorite place on 
Mm. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I saw that in the front page today. Inflation crisis, big line there. Yeah, spike in fuel prices, making commodities and services. That's clear. Yeah, Yeah. I think the remoteness. I think this is the the story is more about a report from the Asian Development Bank, uh, which says uh, our remoteness, Pacific remoteness, which includes us, actually drives uh, the prices high because. The fuel prices goes up. Everything else technically goes up. So now, because when the fuel prices go up, your um, your cargo prices go up. You know, shipping costs goes up. So if the shipping costs goes up, it goes to the wholesalers, then wholesalers pass it to the retailers, to the consumers. So it has that sort of web. And um, I guess inflation is, uh, of course, has increased here as well, to four point two percent, if I'm correct. And it's expected to uh, increase it around to four. 4.5, 4 to 4.5% in the coming year. So uh, things will not, you know, be cheaper. It's it's, it's just the world we live in. I'm, I'm noticing it Yeah, in the shops. Exactly. You go out there and, and I've seen it too, like things mm. are, you know, getting, I mean, we just had a major crisis, which is actually a funny story, when Alan ran out of uh, fries. <laughs> and then one place was selling it for $7, you know. And I guess, look, I mean, when... The demand is so high, and uh, and there is less supply. It's just a simple economics, and you know? this is how it works. But I guess um, I think in short term, our only uh, our only our only uh, what you call this? Uh, our only hope is tourism, because we need numbers. Uh, I'll speak to problem. I'm speaking on behalf. I speak like a tourism rep now. <laughs> but I, no, I guess okay. observing it, observing it. From, Thank you. I'm learning a lot today. Yeah, Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. Yeah, observing it from I'm a sure neutral ground. Yeah, observing from neutral ground as a newspaper editor, I see that the importance of tourism in the short term. Mm. Obviously, there is a need for diversification, which people have been calling. But to help recover the economy now, mm. uh, diversification is a long shot because you can't just build mm. a new industry yeah. in a day. You know? Yeah. So it will take time. So I think the emphasis and focus on uh, tourism would be uh, is is where to go. And I think that's where the government agencies are focusing on. They had a global breakfast update yesterday. Yes. Tourism, where I think the the operators were given an update on how the market is looking. I think the projections are looking good mm-hmm. according to. Um, Do you remember the, any of those stats? Yeah. So uh, to share with us, yeah, please. Yeah. So there's there's article. Thank you. That is in today's paper. Uh, uh, some comments from the Tourism, yeah. uh, New Zealand and Australasia manager, Graham West, who made a pro- projections that by March next year we would have 80,000 visitors, you know, which is not a bad number because uh, remember we are hitting our low season, shoulder to low season, mm-hmm. you know, heading into uh, uh, our summer. Yeah, our summer, you know, which uh, doesn't like, normally get a lot of uh, visitors, visitors anyway. And, and especially from New Zealand market, which yeah. is our biggest market yeah and this is where we rely on the canadians and the americans and and the english and because it's cold for them perfect and and this is this is in their country in their country and this is where we hope uh the tahiti flight will come in so uh the projections i believe given the circumstances and lack of airline services is looking pretty pretty decent and pretty good and i guess it will keep hopefully to keep people in business and keep people you know, mm. earning money and surviving, mm. I guess, and riding through these uh, mm. um, uh, times, uh, tough times. Thank you so much, Rashneel. It's been great. I appreciate it. Thank I you I very look much. forward to the next time we sit down and update everybody.
I really appreciate your time and it's been an honor to be. I guess that's what been, people have been saying. If you don't come to Kerala podcast, you're not, you shouldn't be taken seriously. So I guess from now on. Is that what they've been saying? Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> so thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, Well, it like goes both ways. We can talk about that humane sort of connection between you and I. Uh, because when I came to the newspaper in 2020, I remember it was cold because I had a long sleeve on. Yeah. So it would have been now in 2020. It would have been like now. Yeah. So it would have been after May, June, July, August, say four months yeah. after starting Kiorana Podcast. Right. And after four months of me sort of going around Raro and uh, I didn't realise that, I didn't realise that I wasn't like bringing a new ice cream flavour. Right. I was bringing the machine, exactly. the ice cream machine, right? And I, that's why I came to you and I said, I really need some help because I've sort of been out like in four months now 400 times right. and um, it's because they don't know what a podcast is. It's brand new. There's this fear of what is it, We, you know, and so that's why I came to the newspaper at the time and then you helped with that great story and then it kind of let like a lot of people know that it is a thing right. <laughs> and then you know, a year later, um, it, it, it's this show's been difficult to keep afloat as well. It's, it's not easy. Rationale, yeah, this show, yeah, like the 11 think, platforms yeah, that Hayden yeah. and I pay for, um, the, the time and the energy that you would know of interviewing, researching, exactly. putting it up digitally, um, and then I had a choice. I either kept doing it or stopped. Right, and then I kept doing it. That's <laughs> well, up to you for your results. And yeah, I kept doing it, meaning everyone. Say in the last two and a half years, Hayden and I've been doing this. Right, the Kiorana podcast. Uh, we've generated, I think, like say fifteen thousand dollars to do this project in two years. That's wow. seven thousand dollars of revenue we've been able to sell advertising in this project split between two people so three and a half thousand dollars a year that i have received to run this weekly show Uh, and so but i I kept yeah i guess just like it's a lot of labor it is it is and i used to sit there and go hey chantelle you know what go find a real job hey chantelle go and you know you seriously need to go and get a proper job right uh, but then when I go back and listen to, like now I'm at 96 episodes, Rashnil, just like yourself, so many amazing people that I have sat with and, and you know, like Lady Masters, the Prime Minister, Mark Brown, um, you know, yourself, Mike Tangaro, Fiona Broadbent, uh, you know, the photographer, Tukuro Jim, um, Property, you know, Boba, you know, Matapuya, yeah, Fletcher Melvin, you know, Dan Forsyth at Prime Foods, mm. um, yeah, yeah, Philip Knott down there on the beach, um, you know, Captain Brendan, you know, Nicholas Thornbreaker. I learn something every week, and then because I have it digitally, I can go back and listen to it, and I miss something the first time. And then what I've been saying 
in the last sort of um, few months to visitors because they're asking me so many questions, yeah. right? Visitors, right? Because I'm concierge. And I'm like, actually, episode 42, I interviewed that person. Episode 56, I episode that, you know, episode I recorded, episode, you know, so-and-so I interviewed. And and do you know what I learned from Lady Masters? And they're like, what? I said, if you, this is just an example. If you have an orange, an orange, and you get two seeds from that same orange, and you plant one seed in the west of Rarotonga and one seed in the east of Rarotonga, they do not taste the same because of the soil. Because Lady Masters, when she was very young, was a lab technician with soil. And, I, you know, so if I wasn't doing this podcast, um, I wouldn't have just stuff like that. So I learned so much about all of us. And, uh, I, yeah, I like it. So like you said, just keep doing the passion. <laughs> well, the... Love for the job, I guess, and uh, good stuff. Keep it up. Um, yeah, so thank you, thank you. After this, we're going to talk about my new website. But um, yeah, yeah, we, I see that. You know, we're going to talk about my new website, everyone, right? <laughs> Which Rishnil is um, going to do another breaking story about it all. And I'm appreciative um, to CI News and to Rishnil Kumar today for his time. Stay with us all, you know, keep listening, kioranapodcast.com, otherwise chantelsconcierge.com, and Rationale did say to you about cookislandsnews.com, the website for them. Um, stay safe, everybody. Kiorana, may you live long. Aidera, farewell. Kia manuya. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks, Rishin. Thank you.